0: It is my hope and my prayer for you that God is using this time to cause you to hunger after the things of, of righteousness and, and that uh, Christ will continue to encourage you during this time. This last week we had an opportunity to uh, on, on Tuesday to pray for spiritual awakening and revival and then on Thursday we had a national day of prayer for our country. We stand in need of much prayer. And so it is out of that that I wanted to share with you this morning the the need that is before us. As we're praying for our nation, as we're praying for a spiritual awakening, as we're praying for revival, I believe that it has to begin in the church. It has to begin in the church family. It has to begin at home. And so I want to talk to you this morning because it is Mother's Day, and I wanted to apply that together today to uh, the mothers. And I wanted to talk to you about the fact that every family needs a godly mother. In in the book of uh, 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul writing to us and sharing with us about the life uh, of young Timothy gives us some incredible words of encouragement for um, mothers today. Uh, so I want you to turn with me. If you got your Bibles, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I want to read verse 5, and then I want to slip over to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 14 through 17. Listen to what the, the Apostle Paul, writing to young Timothy, says to him about his faith here in chapter 1 verse 5. He says, when I call to remembrance the unframed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Now let's skip over to chapter 3, where Paul ties this relationship of faith to his personal life. And in verse 14, he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, unto good works. The Apostle Paul writing here to Timothy, talking about his faith, his relationship with God, ties it back to the very home in which Timothy was raised in. Moms and dads, I want to speak to you today. Though it is Mother's Day, I want to speak to you and dad together, but I want to do that by speaking about moms. As our text says that this is all about Timothy in his relationship to his grandmother and his mother. It has been said that behind every great man is a greater woman. Amen? I I think it can also be said that behind every godly child or godly young adult is a godly mother who was behind them. I think that it's so important for us to understand, moms, the influence that you have on your sons and daughters, not just when they're young, but as they grow and throughout life. Um, One of life's greatest blessings is to have a godly mother. And thus, one of the greatest gifts that you and I can give to our childrens, moms, the greatest gift that you can give, dad's the greatest gift that you can give to your sons and daughters is to be godly. So moms, I speak to you today, what your family needs most from you is to, for you to be a godly mother. So today, I want to do two things. First, I want to encourage you. For those of you that are are just starting out, perhaps maybe you're just figuring out what does it mean to be godly? What does it mean to be a mom? I want to encourage you to be that godly mother. For those of you that have been moms and and those of you that have been walking with the Lord for years, I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Even if your children are grown and moved out of the home, I want to encourage you to be godly before them. Because you are setting an example for them. If they see that you told them something all the time when they were in your home, but then when they left, you did something different, they're going to see that what you said means nothing they need to see you continue to live that godly life even after they are gone. Because, again, grandmothers have an opportunity to be godly before their grandchildren. You see, the Bible tells us today that we need to be both godly as a mother and godly as a grandmother. Young Timothy, again in verse chapter 1, verse 5, we learn that his faith came to him through his grandmother Lois, and then through his mother, Eunice. Timothy had a beginning of a relationship with God long before he met the Apostle Paul, long before he ever went into the ministry, ever walked alone and with others. He had that from the beginning. In 2 Timothy... Chapter 3 in verses 14 through 17, we learn about the sincerity of the faith of these women, both his grandmother and his mother. In Timothy's earliest days, the Bible says that his mother taught him the Scripture, spent time with him in the Word of God. And I want to talk a lot about that today. I want to talk about the importance, mothers, about being in the Word of God, having your children in the Word of God. And and so I want to encourage you uh, that the Scripture has been given as A tool for us to use not only for our own lives to become godly but for us to influence the next generation to walk in God's favor through faith in God in honoring God in his word godly mothers have a great influence and opportunity to train up their children so I want to talk to you this morning about how the every family in America needs a godly mother Not every family in America has a godly mother. But I tell you that if we're going to change the environment in which we're living, if we're going to change the atmosphere of what our country is, we need to have godly mothers in the home. So I want to share with you a few things that I see from this text that helps us to understand what we need and what God wants to share with us about being a godly mother. Godly mothers are first are women of sincere faith. Look again what he says in chapter one and verse five. He talks about the sincerity of the faith of his grandmother and his mother. As Paul thought fondly of Timothy and his sincere faith that he had, he looked back at to where that faith began. He was reminded of such a faith that dwell first in Timothy's grandmother. Lois, and then was passed on to Lois's daughter, Eunice, and then passed on to Timothy. Even though uh, we don't know when these women came to have this faith in Christ, even though they had Greek names and, and, and had a background outside of the Jewish heritage, what we do know, according to Scripture, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, the Bible says that Eunice was a Jewish woman of Jewish faith. And meaning that she had a faith and trust in God, a foundation that was given to her by her mother and then passed on to her son. One prime quality which such godly mothers need in this world today is a sincere faith. But I wonder, do we understand what Paul is saying and understand what it means today to be sincere? Uh, When we think about the word sincerity, uh, the word literally means not hypocritical. Now what that means is that it's telling us that what we cannot be is ingenuine. We cannot be fake. We cannot uh, uh, just say one thing and do something other. We have to be real. We have to come to that place where sincerity is a devotion that is there not just on Sundays but on Monday through Saturday so that when we come on Sunday our children aren't saying they see something different in us on Sunday but that they don't see throughout the week. My friends, not hypocritical means that we are real in Christ. It's possible... And it is oftentimes done to have a hypocritical faith. And what I mean by that is that we say one thing and do something else. We live one way at church and another way at home. We want everybody else to see us in this light, but yet the ones that need to see it in that way do not see it at home. You see, a pastor had went to a home to visit. And in visiting with the home, he had had tea with them. And after a period of time, he said to the father, he said, boy, I'm so glad to be able to come into your home and see how that you're living your life. The dad looked at him and said, oh, pastor, if you really want to see how we live, come visit us when you're not here. Now, you might not get that right now, but you'll get that on the way home. You see, the reality was, he said, we're putting on a show for you. We're putting on a way in which we have not normally lived, but we want to impress you. Listen, my friends, it's not about impressing the pastor. It's about living and impressing a life of faith upon our children. It is so important, if we're going to change the the landscape of America today, yes, we're going to need to pray. We're going to need to, to repent. We're going to need revival. We're going to need spiritual awakening. But what we're going to need more than that is we're going to need godly homes that are living it out at home, not just proclaiming it in church. Having a sincere faith does not imply perfection. But it does imply realness. It does imply that we have a genuine faith in Christ. A faith that is living out in our lives every day. Such faith dwelt in these women. It was at home in them that uh, there was a comfortableness every day that caused them to live out their faith. Sincere faith means that we have, uh, have sincerely believed In Jesus Christ as our Savior, and listen, as our Lord. Too many of us are wanting Jesus as our Savior, but we don't want Him telling us how to live our lives. My friends, we need to recognize to have a sincere faith means that Jesus not only is our Savior, not only is He the one who said that if you follow me, I'll lead you to that glorious place called heaven that we can all rejoice about. But he says, I want to be Lord of your life. I want, to, I want to lead you and guide you and show you how to leave a legacy that s- so many others will be able to see because you're going to leave something behind in your children that they're going to be able to leave behind in their children, which are going to be able to leave behind in their children so that there is a heritage of faith that is passed on from generation to generation. It means that you walk with Christ every day that you're spending time in his word, spending time in prayer. It means that you are comfortable with allowing the scripture to confront your life and tell you where there are things in your life that need not to be there anymore. Listen my friends, the word of God is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path so that what we did not see yesterday, God can reveal to us today and say listen, I'm telling you today that which I did not tell you yesterday needs to change right now. Listen my friends, the word of God has been given to us so that every day, the more that we spend time in it, the more that we understand it, the closer we get with christ the more he's going to reveal things in our life that need to change things that need to 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 show a a less of a worldliness and more of a godliness we need to be comfortable with allowing the word of god to confront us and to reveal unto us the sin it means that when you do sin it means that you uh, admit your sin first and foremost to god and then go to those in which you've sinned against and seek their forgiveness the Bible says if we, if we confess our sins, He, the Lord, is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friends, listen, it means that you develop a godly character, qualities and attitudes and attributes of submission, thankfulness, and joy in the Lord. Your kids will realize that while mom is not perfect, she does walk with God. Listen, my friends, it's important for us to recognize that God wants a sincerity about our faith. He does not want something that is that is hypocritical. Not only are godly mothers mothers of sincere faith, but they also seek to hand their faith off to their children. Listen, my friends, hypocritical faith, fake faith, unreal faith cannot be handed off. If it's phony your kids will not want anything to do with your version of christianity my friends we need to recognize that what we need to do is stop uh, trying to convince our kids to do what i say but not what i do and start living a life that is exemplary for them so that they will see the life that is lived out before them and know that it is based upon the word of god be genuine Be genuine in your faith so that your faith becomes contagious to those around you. Timothy's faith could be traced back to his mother. And from there, it could be traced back to his grandmother. He could see the Lord in them and was attracted to their life and said, that's the life that I want to live as I go out into this world. My friends, I tell you today that every family needs a godly mother that has a sincere faith. But every family in America today needs a godly mother to train their children in God's Word. You see, the Bible tells us in chapter 3 and verses 14 through 17 that it wasn't the Apostle Paul that taught Timothy all that he knew. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said that I took that which Timothy learned from a child, that which he had had heard and and his mother had taught him and, and, and grounded in him, and I took that. And I grew that from that foundation. The phrase, knowing from whom thou hast learned them, points to the reality of God's word in those people who had influenced Timothy before the Apostle Paul. He could look at their lives and see that the Bible had become a reliable book in his life. The main way your children will grow up and love and serve God is by the the amount of time that you spend in the Word of God with them. The best thing that we can do for our kids is to instill in them from the earliest of ages the importance of reading, studying, memorizing, and simply obeying God's Word. But how does one do that in a world in which is opposed to the things of God? My friend says we try to teach our children at home and then we send them out to school and the school is teaching them absolutely the opposite foundation of that which is biblical at home. How do we do that? Let me give you just three points that I want you to to know that you can combat the things of this world with the things of the Word. Listen, first of all, a mother must have her own love for the Word of God. Listen, my friends, if you don't have a love for the Word of God, if there's not a desire in your heart to spend time in God's Word, don't ever expect your children to want to do it. Listen, my friends, they're going to look to you, and they're going to ask if it's not important enough for mom to take time with it, if it's not important enough for dad to take time in it, if it's not important enough for grandma or grandpa to take time in the Word of God, why should I give up my game time to read the Word of God? Listen, you cannot impart something that you do not first possess. Listen, we need to be possessors of the Word of God. And the only way that we can possess the Word of God is by spending time in the Word of God for ourselves. If your kids seldom see you seeking God through His Word, they won't catch it for themselves if they don't see you changing through growing and understanding and of the obedience of the Word of God, we cannot expect them to do it either. Listen, my friends, our children need to see that we are turning to the Word of God for answers of life. We're turning to the Word of God for the direction for our life. We're turning to the Word of God for the strength of our life. If they do not see us doing it, why in the world would we think that they would run to it? My friends, we must have a devotion and a love for the Word of God that says that I will spend time in this Word every day so that my words are seasoned with the Word of God. I strongly encourage you to begin reading your Bible to your children. I begin, I encourage you, if you have little ones at home, don't wait until they, they're old enough to understand all the intricacies of the Word of God. Listen, you start giving them the Word of God. I believe that children can absorb more of the reading of the Word of God than we can even begin to understand. I have an opportunity all the time to be able to listen to your children and other children that are grown up and raised up in a godly home hearing the Word of God. And it's amazing to me the stories and the comments and the, and the things that I hear them say that come straight from the Word of God. Listen, my friends, I'm thankful for our Sunday school teachers, and I can't wait until your children can get back into Sunday school and, and again, be encouraged and taught by our great Sunday school teachers. But listen, our Sunday school teachers are not to be the primary teachers of the Word of God. They are simply to back up that which you are teaching at home. My friends, it's important that you spend time in the Word of God with your children every day. Listen, the second thing that I want you to see is not only a godly mother needs to love the Word of God, a godly mother will use the Word of God to share the love of God and through salvation. Listen, I think it's important for us to recognize that the only way that our children are going to understand how they much they need to know the, the salvation of God is by spending time in the Word of God. Listen to what it says in verse 15. From childhood... You have known the sacred writings which were able to give to you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation is built upon the knowledge of the trust and truth revealed in the Scripture. Children need to know more than just Jesus wants to be your friend. Why don't you invite him into your heart? Listen, my friends, they need to understand the truth of Scripture. They need to understand that we have all been born into this world with a sinful nature that is automatically in rebellion against God and that God holds us accountable to our sin. And one day, we're going to stand before God and have to give an account for the way that we live and whether or not that we have received or reject the salvation that God so freely gives to us. Listen, my friends, children need to know... That God's Word says to them and reveals to them that their condition of their heart is sinful. And God has made a plan. He has given a way in which we can take care of the sinfulness of our nature. And that we can come to Christ through His death upon the cross. Through His shed blood and receive forgiveness. But listen, my friends, not only forgiveness, but we can be changed from our sinful ways unto a life of righteousness. The, the thing is that we need to recognize and we need to tell our children that one day God is going to judge all those who reject with an eternal punishment and damnation of their soul. Now that's not because God is cruel. That's not because God is unloving. God is loving enough that He said, listen, I know there's a sin problem in the world, and I gave my only begotten Son for Him. But listen, I am not only loving, I am a faithful, justful God who says sin needs to be dealt with. And listen, my friends, the reality is that we need to tell our children the truth. That if we don't receive Jesus Christ, if we don't live for Him, if we don't love Him, if we don't serve Him, if we haven't given our hearts to Him so that He changed our sinful ways, we'll not get into heaven. It's not a free for all. It's for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They need to know that saving faith is opposite of an empty profession that leads to no salvation but destruction. Destruction the Bible tells us there are two roads in which a life can take there is the narrow road that's the, the, the road of righteousness and few there are that follow it it says but there is a wide road a road that leadeth to destruction and many there are that are on it And we need to make sure that we're raising a family that sees the difference and knows that we cannot allow you to walk that wide road. But we must bring you to the place where you understand God is calling you to that narrow road. Charles Spurgeon said this. He tells how every Sunday evening his mother would stay home with his children and read and explain the Scriptures to them and plead with them to think about the state of their soul and to seek the Lord. He remembers one time her praying, Now, Lord, if my children go on in their sin, it will not be because of ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment, if they lay hold not upon Christ. He says that the thoughts of a mother bearing swift witness against me pierced my conscience and steered my soul. Spurgeon's father who was a minister of the gospel would oftentimes be away from home preaching the gospel one night he was heading out to preach the Word of God and on the way he got convicted that he was neglecting his family for the sake of the souls of others so he turned back and went home and as he came to the house Everything was quiet except the voice of his wife coming from the bedroom behind the door. He listened and heard her pleading earnestly in prayer for the salvation of all of their children, especially their strong-willed firstborn son, Charles. His father thought that his wife's caring so well for the spiritual interest of his children, he then could go back to the lord's business so he left again for his preaching engagement without disturbing her so is a critical task for a godly mother to pray for those and to use scripture to lead each of her children to the saving knowledge of jesus christ moms you have a great influence you have a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel You must love the Word of God and you must use the Word of God to share with your children that God has given us salvation through His grace. But we must turn from our wicked ways and we must receive Jesus as our Savior. And thirdly, moms, what are we to do in a world which opposes the things of God? How can we be godly in an ungodly world? A godly mother will train her children to live god's word listen we need not only to tell them that god loves them we need not only to tell them that god has provided a way of salvation for them and their hearts are turned away from god but they can be turned towards god but they must see us living out the word of god they must see us doing the things of god that are honorable and right Listen, we cannot expect our children to do what is right when they are not seeing us living the word of God out in our lives. God's word is mighty to save, but it is also sufficient for all of life and all of godliness. Again, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy here in this chapter 3 in verse 16, he says to us, listen to what he says about the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, all that you have in the Word of God has been given by the Holy Spirit to lead us into a path of righteousness. And he goes on to say it's not only given by the inspiration of God, but it is given because it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. In other words, he says every word in the Word of God is given so that your life and my life can be less like the life of the world and more like the life of Christ. The Word of God has been given so that the problems and trials and tribulations of life, we have an answer to all of that. That which is going on today, we have an answer for it in the Word of God. All of the questions of life, where do we go from here, are given in the Word of God. We must turn our attention to the Word of God, for it has been given to us so that we would have the answers for every area of our life. Listen, my friends, you have one of two choices. You can either let the Word of God lead you, or you can let the Word of God turn you away. It will do one of the other. Your kids should see you applying the Scripture, and you should teach them how to apply it for themselves in their own lives. As they face and grow in the maturity of both a young person and a person who has given their heart to Jesus. If you use the word of God to lead your children to a saving faith. Then my friends we need to use the word of God to train them up in faith. Godly mothers will take the word of God and apply it to their lives so that they can use it to apply it to the lives of their children. Listen, how then can we live a godly life in an ungodly world? Godly mothers have a great influence on their children throughout their lives. Now it seems as though that every time we turn around, uh, we look and time has passed. We look back and we say, where has the days gone? Where are the years gone? i look at how... Um, Uh, It seems as though it was just a little while ago that my children were small. Now, as you know, many of you know, i got nine grandchildren. And I I, I remember um, not so many years ago putting out on the church sign uh, that I was a a brand new grandpa, that I had my first grandbaby. And I think uh, I just blinked my eyes. And he's already 11 years, 12 years old. Where is the time gone? Listen, my friends, I want to talk to you about the fact that we don't have our children very long. And we must do all that we can while we have them. But listen, it doesn't end when they grow up. Only God knows the depth of the influence that Lois and Eunice had on their young Timothy's life. Sure, he was strengthened greatly through the relationship that he had with the Apostle Paul. But the foundation that God used was laid by his godly grandmother and godly mother. It is not too much to argue um, that the world's history has shaped by that which goes on in the home through godly mothering. Listen, my friends, I could tell you story after story that I read even this week. In preparation for this of of moms who have influenced their children over the years that have made a difference in this world that we live in. Let me give you another one from Spurgeon. Spurgeon says never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother. Certainly I have not the power of speech to which to set forth the valuation of the choice blessings which the Lord bestowed upon me in making me the son of whom one prayed for me and prayed with me. How can I ever forget her tearful eyes as she warned me to escape the wrath to come? How can I ever forget when she bowed her knee and her arms about my neck and prayed, oh, that my son might live before thee. President Theodore Roosevelt said this, when it is all said and done, it is the mother and the mother only who is the better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother The mother who does her part in rearing and changing uh, and training aright the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation is greater use of the community and the opportunities if she only would realize it. A more honorable as well as more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset um, uh, to our national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman, artist or scientist. This is not to discourage and to disparage the, the role that godly fathers play, but it is to encourage you, mothers, of how critical your role is that you play as a godly mother. Not only as a mother who is raising little ones, but a mother who is standing before her adult sons and daughters living out their faith. Listen, my friends, I tell you that it is important for us to recognize the value of godly mothers. Even though today is Mother's Day and the sermon is speaking to mothers, it is also applied to godly dads as well. Rather, your children are young and still in the home, or rather, they are grown up and maybe they have their own children. We are to be godly examples before them. Church, it's time that the world sees that we are not only raising godly little ones, but we are encouraging and living and standing up for our adult children so that they will continue to live a godly faith, a godly life. God can use you as he used Lois as a grandmother and Eunice as a mother in Timothy's life. As parents, we need to walk with God in sincere faith. Use his word to lead your children and grandchildren to the same sincere faith and to train them in God's ways. History has proved that you will be a mighty influencing on our nation and even the history of of the world for the sake of Jesus. We should never underestimate the importance of God has placed upon the family. And then when we think about that, as we think about the family, we should never underestimate the importance that God has placed on both a godly mother and a godly father. It is so important that we recognize that God hold us accountable to how we raise our children. How we live out our Christian life before them. How that we live our lives so that they see Jesus in us. Not just when we're telling them to do what I say. But when we are living our lives to say, do as I do. The Apostle Paul said, come follow me as I follow Christ. Parents, I think that He is speaking to us. That we are to be godly. That we are to live our lives in such a way that our children would want to walk in our footsteps. That our children would want to live a life that, that represents the life that we live before them. So that they will walk in godliness. So that they will live and teach their children godly values. America needs the church To raise godly children. And to be godly themselves. It is time for us. To recognize. If we're going to be the church. That Jesus Christ is coming back for. We need to begin by being the families. That Christ has called us to be. May God bless you mothers. For the responsibility that he has placed upon you. To give life to children. But also to teach them how to live a godly life. May God richly bless you this week as you do that.